if I had a few million dollars, you would never see me working again. Yeah, ever. I know. Are you kidding me? <laughs> even even maybe at this point in my life, one million. I'm like, I'm out. Where's the cheapest place I can live? Yeah. That's safe where people aren't being abused like on a regular basis. I'm out of here. Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmari, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. Oh, I didn't have any either. Yeah, it was easy. It was easy. All right, so we're talking about... uh, We're learning things. Yeah, we're talking about living... Like millionaires, people about living, living like a billionaire. The good life. Living the good life. I ain't going back and forth with you, as the song says. Living your best life, um, and being, you know, feeling like a millionaire, looking like a millionaire, acting like a millionaire. Um, I can. Do you mind if I kick off with dressing like a millionaire? Yeah, go for it. Okay. I mean, Katie generally looks like at least a million bucks. Yeah, all the time. You were all well put together. At your worst, you're like a half a mil. Yeah. You know, and, at your worst. Uh, as you are too, you're always put together. I yeah, I, I represent happy. like a, th- a thousand there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it says there's no relation between having money and good taste. We all know this. This is a shocking thing. Um, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, when I got to be in my 20s and I started really, you know, noticing people's wealth. And you see, there is no correlation between like taste and money at all. That's right. You and cannot you see buy people, good taste at all. Yeah. You see people wearing, as I did a couple months ago, a young, uh, young Italian guy from New Jersey was wearing a very expensive Gucci sweatsuit velour all over pattern. I mm. looked it up online. Those cost a lot of money. It looks ridiculous. Yeah, you know those those logo <laughs> those monogram uh, yes. types of ridiculous all over. I mean, he was wearing the the two piece sweatsuit plus a t shirt. He had a Gucci hat. He had Gucci shoes on. It must have cost a fortune, but it was not. You know, you see. But if you if you price those things at a higher price point, then you know it must be classy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's not like a champion sweatsuit. No. So it said that when you. You need to love everything in your closet, basically. If you don't, if you look in your closet and you don't like what's in there, throw it out. Okay. Because a millionaire would only have things that she wants in her closet. That's right. Actually, that's part of the uh, Marie Kondo philosophy. If it doesn't spark joy, then get rid of it. Then get rid of it. It also says you have to take a know thyself, take a good. Or take a good look in the mirror, either one. So either just know it off the bat or have a good look um, (laughs) in the mirror and just really be critical about what you see and be serious about your style. They're saying, especially for women, the, you know, our styles change over the years, sometimes dramatically. Yes, because your body changes and then your outlook changes. Yeah. your, Your body changes, your outlook changes, but what you're doing changes. So the, the author says, you know, when she worked as, as a corporate uh, stooge at Exxon. She wore conservative suits. When she was in advertising, she had to dress more fun, more of a chic look. And when she became a parent, she dressed a different way. And then she looked at herself in the mirror recently and said, who am I? You know, do you, you want to pick a style that embraces who you are at that moment? Some people are lucky. They find their style early and they stick with it. We know those people. They've had a distinct style since we were like in high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, meanwhile, I'm still fumbling like women's jeans, what's happening? You know, they have it together. So think of, you can think about women you admire, women whose style that you like and see if that's the kind of style you want to go for. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't really have any style icons. I did used to like pink when I was younger, her style, Mm -hmm. but obviously that's not going to work now for me or for her. Right, right. Yeah, I know. Or for her, she's got to move on. Yeah, she's got to move on too. You know, everybody has to refresh their look every so yeah, often. Yeah, you have to refresh but your look. There are classic. Look, there's some silhouettes that are classic and timeless, and that are yeah. always going to work. So you should always have those in your wardrobe, just yeah. for like, look, you know, have it. 
so the, she said, if you like what you're wearing, you're going to look fal- fabulous. You're going to feel like a mil- million bucks. But if you're not as savvy about shopping for yourself as I sometimes am not, don't be afraid to let the salesperson help you out. Yeah. Mil- millionaires don't pick out all of their stuff themselves, right? They let a professional pick it out. That's true. And if you shop at a place like, say, Bloomingdale's, sometimes even the other shoppers are like, yep, we'll help are helping. You out. Yeah, they're like, oh, you've got to. One woman came up. She's like, you've got to see this sweater. She's like, it looks awful on the hanger, but it looks excellent on. Just try it. And I was like, ooh, that looks horrible. And it looked great on. She was right. That's always shocking to me when someone shows. I've done this before with Rent the Runway, where I've had them pick out things for me for an event, and I go there and they bring it out, and I just look like someone kicked me in the face. <laughs> and then I put it on, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm an asshole. You're amazing." <laughs> yeah. Who knew a stylist? Who knew a stylist could pick out some clothing for me? Yeah, it's so funny. I had that uh, the same experience at Rent the Runway. They were like, "Here are your clothes." I'm like, "I don't know about yeah, that." Yeah, like, these are my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> these are somebody's clothes. It ain't me. Yeah. Oh God. Um, the only thing I would say, the only caveat is, if you're letting the salesperson dress you, be aware that they're going to pick out what looks the best and not what's you know necessarily in your range right. in terms of price. But right. you know. Get it, you know, learn, learn about your body proportions. And also she says, looking like a million takes a lot of work. And this is where I think a lot of people fall down. If you're trying to limit the amount of your time, like dramatically limit the amount of time you spend on your look, it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you got to put effort into it. Yeah. You can't cut corners on certain things. And how do you feel about getting all of your personal grooming done at the same time um should you get your hair and your nails and the facial well all that at once or do we stagger it they're saying here that you need to have a pampered look Mm -hmm. and that that can be anything from you know going to the red door salon Mm -hmm. and having everything done to just taking care of it yourself but you need to have groomed nails you need to have your skin taken care of and you need to have your hair taken care of i personally if i had the uh, the money to do and the time I would get everything done at once. Okay. I've, I've only had that done once or twice for special occasions. And the effect is staggering. For example, I, one time I did it for uh, my, my own wedding, right? Okay. That's like a big day, hair, uh, nails, makeup, waxing, all of that kind of stuff done Within 24 hours, I would say I was yeah. not able to get it. You know, obviously, your hair is going to be done day of, right? Right. But I did look incredible for that day. It, it took time, but if one piece had been off, it wouldn't have worked. You know, like if hair right, had been right. done, but, but nails that's for not an event. But how do you? They do that every day, is what I'm saying. But how do you? I, who has the time for that? I mean, like really, and or the interest. I can't sit through that every day. I mean, do can't you want to look like know, a million somebody. or what? You know? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> this is, I'm with you. It seems like a lot of work, but it's like, yeah, hair, nails, skin, and then find clothing that works for you and that you feel good wearing. It's hard okay. though. I know for a lot of women, I have a lot of stuff <clears throat> in my closet that is hopeful that that shit is never going to get off the hanger ever again if it ever came off the first time. But it's in yeah. there suggesting to me that, you know, someday. According to this, though, I should just get rid of it. <clears throat> yeah. And, and maybe considering spending another <clears throat> five minutes on my hair. Like, you know, also comb the back. Yeah. I guess so. I guess I'm forgetting at this point that you will have the millions to yeah. work this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This and is you where have we're... the resources. We have so. unlimited resources, you know, because we're, we're, we're living like a millionaire mm-hmm. right now. So, yeah, that's it for ladies. All right. Just, you know, know your style. Pull all right. it all together. So and I get everything done at once. I like your idea. If you can. I don't know. I kind of like staggering because it's you're always fresh some um, someplace on your body. But they're saying keep it fresh altogether. So you're talking like a rotation of freshness. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. Today, please look at my hair, not my hands. Okay. Yes. (laughs) It's fractional, fractional beauty. 
So how do you pay for looking this good? Now, if you're not a millionaire and you want to get there, there are four main paths to becoming a millionaire. Oh, that's um, it. So, yeah, four main paths. So first of all, you can, unless you were born into a yeah. rich family, building wealth can be very hard dis- depending on the path you choose. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you look at these multimillionaires, you want to know what their secret is, how they get there. What does it take? Um, mm-hmm. and then you, this person studied, um, people with rich habits and what their activities rich, were, what their traits. Rich habits? Okay. <clears throat> right. Yeah. And there are four predominant paths towards accumulating wealth. Okay. Um, and that you, you can take any of these here. So the first path is the saver slash invest, invest, investor path. Saver slash investor path. Just 22% of the millionaires in the study chose the saver investor path. Not only is it the easiest way to build wealth, but if you start early, it always guarantees a lot of money. Um, Well, it's too late for that. So in, yeah. So this, these people she studied, um, so they, they're, they reached 1 million around their mid to late thirties. Wow! How did they, I'm sorry, I hadn't even, I hadn't even made a million dollars by then, like in my life. Yeah, <laughs> how would I have saved? <laughs> really? I don't yeah, think my salary is up to that. <laughs> this is if you know how to invest. Like if you were grew up with parents who who were who were savvy and financially, then you would have mm-hmm. known a lot of this before. Yeah, that's true. I know yeah. this is the problem. If yeah. you don't grow up with it, you have to learn it. It's hard to learn. It's too late. Too. I didn't learn until my thirties. It was I was it was in my thirties when I started realizing. I'm assuming it probably for you as well, because that seems normal for you know middle class mm-hmm. people support women supporting themselves. Then when you start to figure it out, you're like, oh man, if I had known this, yeah, you're shit, really behind. You know, you're very yeah. You're a decade. Oh, yeah, I didn't behind. really know either. I didn't know. I didn't right. know. And then you're like, you lost out on a lot of that, uh, a lot of that uh, compound interest and all that investing time because you Mm. just just didn't know. And Um, you've been paying out, you've been paying someone else's millionaire, because especially for those of us who had loans of any kind, right? Yep. Yeah. You know, and then you're trying to live and you're making mistakes because you don't know, understand as well as somebody else who who was taught earlier. And you don't have the time to figure it out because you're working. Right. I don't know. What did you say? I said, and that you don't have the time to try to figure that stuff out because you're working. Like you're you're just trying to yeah, figure out working. your basic everyday finances, you know. Saving. Or or you have the wrong idea. Like I remember Oprah Winfrey once said that, you know, while she was working, she thought that if you were thirty years old, you should make thirty thousand. You're thirty one, you should make thirty one thousand. Wow. <laughs> That's what that she thought when like- she was younger. But that sounds like something some older person who didn't know anything about finances would say, you know, to her. Yeah, that's what she said. Like, if you, <laughs> yeah, and so if she, you believe that, you know, if you're like, oh, okay, then if that's the way it's supposed to be, then I'm on track and you're not on track. <laughs> so it's that kind of thing. I think that one of the things, if you're scared about money or you don't understand it and you find it overwhelming, um, like with anything, like whenever I have like something I need to know that I'm weak at and I'm not interested, but I need to know, I get a book and I, I read it for 15 minutes a day and uh-huh. I set my alarm, you know, I time myself. So it's no more, no less than 15 minutes. And that way you really absorb it and you do it for 30 days. You're like, I'm okay. going to get through <laughs> I'm going to keep yeah. reading about finance for 30 oh, days continually, yeah. 15 minutes a day. Cause that's something that's a, um, a, you know, kind of like a bite size way to approach it. And then if you try to sit down and read a whole book on finance in a week, you know, you're not going to retain it. So that was one, that's one way that I, one tactic I used to educate myself in, in these respects. All right. So savers, investors, um, they save more than 20, they save 20% or more of their income. They have a low cost of living and prefer to save rather than spend lavishly. And they mm-hmm. had a middle-class income um, that many reached a six-figure salary early in their career. And if they oh, didn't, shit. they live very frugally. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> this is, so that, that route, it works if you have no dependents. And I mean, right. 
you're not supporting a partner, you're not supporting children, you're not supporting your parents, you're not supporting your sister or brother's kids. You're not, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you're, you don't have to help anybody out with anything. You have no other obligations and you live in a place where the cost of living, I think is, is reasonable. Like you're right. not going to save in New York city. Right. If you have a partner that you're living with and you can cut your expenses in half, mm-hmm. then you're, then it's Good. okay. You but know? they better be self-sufficient. Yeah. They have to be self-sufficient. You can't like be pulling anyone else along. Um, then there's the, the another way to do this is the dreamer's path. And this is probably the hardest one to build wealth because it requires the pursuit of a dream, such as starting a business, becoming a, sex, a successful actor, musician, or author. Um, mm-hmm. 28% of the folks in her study were dreamers, and they accumulated an average net worth of $7.4 million for, wow. you know, more than and they had a talent though. I mean, yeah. this is a small group of people. So whenever I read stuff as like how to be rich, it's like, if, if, if you're putting in their sports figures, entertainers and artists, you can, you're not being realistic. That is a tiny amount of people. Yeah. Um, and entrepreneurs, I've had a lot of good ideas, but damn, if they weren't worth nothing. Yeah. You know, it, that's the thing. It's like, you have to have, first of all, the idea that's going to generate the money, the time mm-hmm. to do it. And then the, the follow through to, to really take it there. And um, you have to have an idea that is, I'll, I'll give a great example. Cause I worked in education for almost two decades. So many of my colleagues had genius ideas around education, but you think anyone's going to give them any money for that? Yeah. No, because their clients are, are children. Yeah. <laughs> and and low or low income people or it's a community college. So it's got to yeah. be an idea mm-hmm. in an area that is, you know, going to get you that cash. Right. They said right. that if you want to take this path, you must be willing to work long hours that it be able to handle financial stress. Yeah. Like these people worked 61 and av- more than 61 hours per week before finally achieving their dreams. Weekends almost as vac- much as Elon Musk. Weekends and vacations were almost non-existent. Like they Mm -hmm. made sacrifices in order to get there. And they're also risk adverse. I mean, if you're risk adverse, then the path may not be for you. So you have to say, am I, can I, am I comfortable with this risk? Can I live very frugally and dedicate all my time to making this thing happen? No. Um, The third way is be a company climber. Um, Climbers are individuals who work for a big company and devote all of their energy into climbing the corporate ladder until they land a senior executive position. Men. Yeah. And this is the second hardest path, becoming a millionaire. Um, About 31% of rich people fell into this group, and it took them an average of 22 years to accumulate a net worth of $3.4 million. Wow, that's a long time being a stooge. Yeah, and for $3.4 million? Screw that. You can probably um, steal that faster in a corporate setting. Yeah, their, <laughs> their wealth <laughs> came from either stock compensation or partnership of the share of the profits. Okay. And to be a climber, you have to have strong relationship building skills, networking and making lasting connections with powerful people in your industry is essential. Mm-hmm. But like the dreamers, the climbers have long work hours. Um, the ones I interviewed all arrived at the office early and left late. Many were required to travel frequently and had to sacrifice a lot of their vacation time. Um, yeah, that's not me. And, you know, and profitability is a huge factor in determining the success. If your company struggles financially, their time and investment might not be rewarded to the extent they expected. So Mm -hmm. for like, it's risky, it's risky. It's a risky path, right? Right. Right. So, um, then there is the virtuosos. This is the first, fourth one. Okay. Um, 19% I like of, the way this one sounds. <laughs> 19% of the participants <laughs> chose this path. Um, and they are the best at what they do in their profession. They are paid a high premium for their knowledge and expertise, and it sets them apart from the competition. Um, a virtuoso it took, it takes about 20 years to reach an average worth of $4 million. Mm-hmm. Some worked in a medical field, while others worked in law. Um, okay. That's very few people though. I know a lot of attorneys and very few of them are going to make $4 million in their life. Yeah. A handful (laughs) either work for large publicly held corporations or they were small business owners with highly profitable enterprises. Um, virtuosos aren't necessarily born with natural intelligence. They must spend many years continuously studying and learning formal education, such as advanced degree are usually a requirement. So they have to invest enormous amounts of money and time before they see any payoff at all. 
and oh, not that's everybody like law school, medical school, right. opening your own dental practice. Yeah, you have to put a um, a lot of investment and time into hoping to to get to rise to the top. Yeah. Yes. And so not everybody has the ability to devote significant hours every day practicing their skill or the financial resources to pursue advanced degrees. So these are the four buckets that they were talking about, like, you know, how do you do this? You know, how do you get this, accumulate this money? Um, I'd like to know. I don't, is there a fifth path? Because none of those seem really open to me right now. I know. I know, right? There's uh, path number five, which we'll have to make up ourselves. And, and <laughs> yes, I think out, path I number guess. five is just question mark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like 8% of people do this one, question mark. Yeah. So even if you, I know we're talking about thinking and acting and living like a millionaire, but I want to kick it up a notch. And I want to talk about thinking like a billionaire, because maybe if I think like a billionaire, I could be a millionaire. You know, I got to aim okay. high. All right. Uh, so this is an article from Inc. And it's a little bit, uh, oh, I'll just get into it. So it says, you probably have heard the success formula, fake it until you make it. The idea okay. is that you act, act as if you've already achieved a goal. Your brain finds a way to bring your external situation into sync and people sense your confidence and treat you accordingly. I've, I've, this has never been one of my fake it till you make it. I think everyone's faking it <laughs> like all the time. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what else are we doing? Come on. Very, very little of this is real or important. So the number one thing they say that if you're self, this is for self-made billionaires, you have to believe that you are better than other people. Uh, they interviewed yeah. people, whether you've made the money or not, uh, yourself or not, billionaires still think that they are better than other people. Um, okay. And it that's just the way it is. Right. They say you might want to keep it to yourself. But yeah, kind of keep that <laughs> downplay that part. Don't be announcing that to the it. crowd. But um, you know, they say it's it's off. It sounds awful. It's not egalitarian. But if you're serious about being a billionaire, um, and you you know you're going to make the money yourself, you have to think that you're better than other people. Number hmm. two, you have to think that you can accomplish anything. Um, billionaires tend to have a lot of confidence because they can buy whatever they want, right? So they get into trouble. They can buy their way out of it. Um, if they don't like the way things in society are going, whether or not they have a good idea, they try to buy, you know, what they want right, for society. Um, this and that's the attitude. You have to think I'm better than other people. I can accomplish anything. And then also you have to believe that the rules don't apply to you. Oh, so God. See? They did a survey, University of Michigan, and concluded that the wealthy. Can you believe like where did they advertise for this? You know how you're on the subway and you see the ads to be in a survey? Where do they get the millionaires from? <laughs> like, where do yeah, they advertise? Right. right. So, and how many of them are going to take the time to answer these questions? You know, so yeah. are they really billionaires? Are they millionaires? Million. So this is, well, they, this is just the wealthy they talk to. I guess they're easier to get to. Okay. So apparently the wealthy are more likely to break the law while driving to exhibit mm-hmm. unethical decision-making. They are more likely to steal. We all know rich people steal. Uh, any of mm-hmm. us who've been teens around rich teens know that you will get your shit lifted by a rich teen before a poor teen. Although the poor teen will get blamed That's for That's true. It. <laughs> yeah. Don't leave a camera around. Um, cheat, that rich people are more likely to cheat to increase the chance of winning even a prize. So they don't care, even though it's something arbitrary, like, you know, pulling a name out of a hat and you look in there and you find that, you know, Charles Chesterfield, the third is the only name in there. Yes. Yes. Right. (laughs) They don't care. They stack the odds in their favor uh, without any, they don't have any scruples about it either. They just want to win. And they're more likely to endorse unethical behavior at work. And it says the amount of the unethical behavior is proportional to the amount of wealth. And it doesn't matter if you were born in the gutter, as they say, if you were rags to riches, once you get there, you, you take on this behavior. You don't care. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't matter. Um, and then also you just can't, you, you shouldn't care what any people, you know, what other people think. Mm. Don't, don't even think about it. doesn't matter. Um, and then don't, the last, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, it doesn't don't, matter what other people think. 
Those you're, poor people. You're stepping on my neck. Oh. Yes. I don't care. Excuse me, pores. <laughs> Perhaps getting your neck from underneath my shoe, my yeah. bootin, would serve you. And then it says, you have to have a hobby that you love. But it can't be a hobby that's also a side hustle. So this is the opposite of what we've been told, you know, in the in the past, like, 15, 20 years. Is that, like, if you have something that you enjoy doing, um, collecting something, uh, writing, being an entertainer, art, whatever, do it, you know, ha- find a way to make it a side hustle. No, not if you're thinking, like, a millionaire or a billionaire. You just... You just do stuff. Just do stuff right? for fun without worrying about profit. So they give you some examples. Elon Musk collects James Bond memorabilia. Oh. That, <laughs> that's just... That's his hobby. Oh. Warren Buffett collects ukuleles. Oh, God. Yeah, that's right. There's, Tom Hanks does uh, typewriters. Yeah. Bill Gates collects books and manuscripts. Mark Zuckerberg kills and eats his own food. Where I'm from, that's just called killing and eating your own food. It's not a hobby. Yeah, it's just surviving. Yeah, but he doesn't need, it's a hobby for him because he doesn't need to kill his own food. And then Jeff Bezos. He just likes to stay sharp. (laughs) I just like to kill because, you know, I need to hone those skills. Because yeah. they're coming for me soon, and I better know. Like, when I better the know. happens, yes. I'm going to be ready because I know how to kill. I've been practicing I, on animals and eating them. So, I feel like too. He probably has a selection of crossbows that his caddy carries behind him. Yeah. Uh, and then Jeff Bezos collects old rocket parts. Why is he going <laughs> to? I don't know. I feel like all of these people, one of my favorite movies is Citizen Kane. I feel like all these people are so damaged and what they collect tells what their damage is. Okay. You know what I mean? Like this Mark Zuckerberg, maybe like, you know, people took his food from him when he was in that one year at the Ivy League college. Yeah. You know, like they do in the prison. Oh, right. Yeah. When you get get your food and some Nick Nolte comes along and steals it. Right. You know, that probably (laughs) happened to him and he's never Mm going to let it happen again. Yeah, and he cuts his hair really short in the front because maybe someone threw sand in his face and it got in there one time or something. <laughs> that his, his, his one millimeter bangs. Yeah. So those are the, that's how you, you kick it like a billionaire, right? You got to get out there, think you're better than everyone, think you can accomplish anything, don't fuck the rules, Yeah. don't care what people think, and also start collecting something that's absolutely useless. Just for the pleasure mm-hmm. of it. Like the ukuleles. What's wrong with Warren Buffett? What happened to him? Ukulele. That's such an odd thing. He and acts him, like he was born in the 1800s. <laughs> like he, yeah, because his house is really apparently very modest mm-hmm. um, from all counts. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I bet you he's up to I, some I don't weird know. stuff like, in there, in that little house with his ukuleles. Is he trying Why? to like really convince himself that he is just the everyman living in that house with a ukule- bunch of ukuleles? I don't know. I'm just does a he, porch when people boy. come over, yeah, when people come over, does he like put on a little hat and play? And they're like, "What the f, Warren? Come on, dude. We're here to talk about stocks, man. We don't have time for your Orville Redenbacher." <laughs> like, I just folksy. imagine, yes, damage, damage. You know. Like weird stuff, like you know, everyone has to wear a seersucker when they come in there or something. Yeah, yeah, and like a hat with a little like a contrast band on it. Yeah, or like if someone comes in is wearing cashmere, he's like out, out. No, we only wear seersucker around here. We only wear domestic fibers around here. Pick up a pick up a ukulele and make yourself useful. Play a ditty. I wonder how many of his uh, suck ups have taken up ukuleles. Yeah, right. And they're like, oh my God, you like ukuleles? I happen to have a couple right here in my briefcase. Right. That I made. That I made. I made myself out of seersucker. Out of seersucker. Oh, poor Warren Buffett. Okay, what do you have? How to think like a billionaire. Okay. Um, You know, there was this millionaire uh, (laughs) who had to flee his home because it was haunted. Are you serious? Was it haunted by poor people? (laughs) 
Well, it was he bought it for three point six million euros, right? He has, is in this mansion, and he's like, "We're like the family from the others." And I'm like, "If you saw the others, that's not exactly what this is." Yeah, that's not what that's about. But okay. And so his uh, his name was his name is Anwar Rashid, and okay. he and his family were driven out of his the the mansion by ghosts. Wow. Uh, he was so terrorized. By a series of ghostly sightings, he had to give up the property to his bank only eight months after being handed the keys. Really, Anwar? Sounds like somebody couldn't cover their mortgage. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said that um, that it's it, the place is called Clifton Hall. It's a beautiful property. He said, mm-hmm. I fell for its beauty, but behind the facade, it was haunted. Like the, We were like the family and the others. The ghosts did not want us there. I'm like, you have the movie backwards. Yeah. That's not what the other is. <laughs> no, I don't want to spoil or alert this yeah. for people, but no, uh, that's, that's not, not how exa- it works. No. Yeah. Um, he said his first experience came hours after the family moved in. There was a knock on the wall. He said, we heard this. Hello, is anyone there? Mm-hmm. Like someone was on the other side. Two yeah, minutes says- later, we heard the man's <laughs> voice again. We got up to have a look, but the doors were locked and the windows were closed. He's probably like, you know what? Screw these neighbors. Yeah. I was going to uh, give you guys a pie. Yeah. You know. uh, so he and his wife and their four children, they bought the house and he was going to, he's worth about 25 million euros and he made his money through a chain of nursing homes and a hotel in Dubai. Um, Great. He said the house remained quiet for several months until the, one of the maids said she saw a gray figure sitting on her bed. Uh, he claimed that things began to get really scary when the ghost started taking on the form of his children. He said, on one occasion, my wife went downstairs to make milk for the baby at 5 a.m. And she saw our eldest daughter watching TV. And the wife realized that, well, (laughs) the wife realized something was up. So she went back upstairs to check on her and found her fast asleep in bed. Mm -hmm. And then when they found red blood spots on the baby's quilt and they said, that's, that's it. She had enough and they left. That's Um, it? Yeah. That's not very much for a haunting. I'm sorry. The what ha- country was this in? In America, we would have stayed in that house at least a year. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, 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 the hall dates back to the Norman Conquest. It has 17 bedrooms, 10 reception rooms, 10 bathrooms, a gym, and a cinema. Wait, wait, wait. But it was this, this is a family of, of six? Yeah. Why do they need all that? Well, I think they were going to turn it into something else. They were going to turn it into a, um, like, a, what, it says it in the article a little further on. Um, yeah, they they were going to turn it into something else to rent out. Oh, plan. Oh, a hall for weddings and, and that kind of thing. Okay. This is a weird thing for me because I've seen this when I've been traveling, the really, really wealthy people, they buy these palaces or whatever. This is kind of like a castle or something mm-hmm. I'm guessing or a manor. Yeah. And then, and then they, they make themselves like servants in it. So the, you know what I mean? Like he's going to, it's going to be their house, but then they're going to like rent it out to people. Yeah. I think they were living in it. They're going to like renovate it and make it this wedding hall kind of getaway place or whatever. Um, See, this is why I'm not, I'm never going to be a millionaire or a billionaire. How, if I had a few million dollars, you would never see me working again. Yeah, ever. I know. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Even even maybe at this point in my life, one million. I'm like, I'm out. Where's the cheapest place I can live? Yeah. That's safe where people aren't being abused like on a regular basis. I'm out of here. Why would I want to take any of my money? You said the guy has 25 million euro. Dude, yeah. you're done. You're done. Yeah. They said, he said that in effort to drive out the spirits from the mansion, they called the Paranormal Investigation Network. Um, and <laughs> And then... The, Lee Roberts, the team leader for the network and a serving police officer said Clifton Hall is the only place I've ever been scared. Um, I just got a really eerie feeling about it. He said, so this of, cop is moonlighting as a paranormal investigator. Right. He said pen. two of his team fainted after independently seeing the same ghost of a boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. For oh, how much? Okay, well, this is Mr. Rashid planned to open the hall for weddings, but failed to obtain a license and, and and he denied suggestions he had made up ghost stories because he couldn't pay his mortgage as a result of the failure of his business plan. Wow. And, t- and two people fainting didn't convince anyone. Yeah, so sure he's, the- <laughs> he stopped paying his mortgage so the bank would take it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it's just like, uh, I'm out. But if I were to have a business like that, I'd make sure that I could get a license before you buy it. Yeah, you would think. I mean, you you know, that's the first thing you do to see if this place is zoned for this kind of thing. Like, can I actually get this business started? But you know how millionaires do. They don't care. They don't care. And he they said don't care that, about the rules. They don't care. Uh, he said that some of the staff refused point blank to work there. Um, they recorded reported sightings such as a monk walking through the grounds, a woman mm-hmm. in the graveyard falling over, which is weird, and chairs moving in one of the rooms. Okay. I don't know. I feel like um, in terms of turning that into a place that's good for rentals, that the haunting might actually work Yeah, for you. I think this guy's made a, a big mistake. Um, and he should have, he should have stuck it out. I mean, I see a lot of opportunities there. I mean, two people passed out, a couple of more people passing out. Now you have something. Yeah. People would come and stay a couple of nights yeah. there waiting for an experience like that. So, um, yeah. So that's how millionaires do it. I mean, like if it doesn't work out, they, they just, just don't pay and they go. And like, then that's take it. it back. Yeah. Wow. I like, I mean, okay. Um, so, you know, we've been talking about thinking like a millionaire, living like a millionaire. So let's say now we've made it. We've thought our, we've magically thought our way into being a millionaire. Right. Okay. Now we got to hide it. Oh, that's right. You don't want anybody knowing about this. You don't want people knowing you're a millionaire. Um, so it says America attempts to reverse capitalism due to widening income inequality. Blending in as a middle-class citizen has never been more vital. Here's some ways to help us millionaires blend in. Okay. Even if you're just thinking like a millionaire. You still want to blend in. Number one, never drive a nice car to work. Oh, okay. Never drive. Don't get that Porsche, that that Range Rover or that, you know, that James Bond car. Get mm-hmm. yourself just a basic BMW X3. An old jalopy or, like one of those. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and one of the, one of the uh, 2018 Mercedes S-Class, not 2020. Yes. <laughs> uh, don't give your home address to people. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently people look online so this is behavior that i don't engage in i assume you don't either yeah uh it's not a part of our our, our culture and this part of the you know how yeah, we do. Right. yeah but apparently people go online to see how much your house is worth oh i, I see i don't would do you that. ever do that no. I, I try to look at people to tell no. If, if, if I'm if I'm curious about how much so I think someone is worth or how much they're making or how much in debt they are usually for home ownership, yeah, then I either have to see the home or I just try to like you know take a guess from what the person is is wearing. But I don't really care that much. But hey, apparently a lot of people do. Wow, you know it doesn't. You know I don't like I don't sneak and no investigate people. Just- but this is just like Googling. So people see what they pay, want to see what you paid. Um, they'll also be able to see if you're underwater or make an equity. So uh, instead of giving an, ad- an address, just tell them I'm on the corner of Jackson and Teller. Brown <laughs> house, wooden shingles. You can't miss it. That's it. <laughs> oh, God. Um, number three, always say it's fake. Doesn't matter if it's Laboutins, Armani, Birkin, Gucci, Fendi, Prada, whatever. Tell people it's fake. Okay. Oh, that's it. Yeah, it's all fake. Mm-hmm. And then you could, t- if, or you could t- say, I got it at Target or Ross or at a flea market or, at, you know, a place. And then tell them it's amazing what how good knockoffs look nowadays. Isn't it amazing what they can do with yeah. uh, pleather? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this, this Chanel, it looks real, you know. Mm-hmm. Never reveal your income to anybody. Um, yeah, I yeah. People, some I, I was recently talking to somebody who was very open about their salary, and I was like stunned. I was like, I don't, you telling me I that? don't, I I don't care about that. I always tell people it, I wasn't raised to 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 tell people, but for some reason I don't care, and it's probably because I don't make much money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, some people, but some people are cagey about it, but never reveal the full extent of how much you make. I don't know how these conversations come up though. Yeah. Um, spread your assets around. So like, don't buy, <laughs> don't buy up all the property in your area. Right. So, so don't become like a, a big fish in a little pond. Okay. 
Right, spread it out. Like buy stuff here and there. Don't buy everything on Main Street. Right. Don't right. don't have don't. to be like Casimir, you know, Casimir clothing, like Casimir ink, Casimir oil, all, all right. on the same street. All right. yes. Spread, spread it around. Spread it. Maybe around. don't call all of it Casimir either. Yeah, <laughs> come up with different names. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, here's a good one actually. Get outside of your bubble. So it's like, once you know your state's median income, average net worth, go to other neighborhoods and realize that not everybody got a lucky break, right? Not everybody had good schools. Not everybody had nurturing parents. Not everybody was able to to start from a good place. Some people are poor and that's hard. Mm -hmm. So basically don't be a dick. Yes, I think you that know? escapes a lot of people too. Yeah. And it's like, if you, it's like the better you understand other people and their, their, what they have going on, the less chance you'll come across as an arrogant snob. Mm. Also, they say, take travel, see how other people are living. Right. Don't, don't, don't live in a bubble. And I think it's always funny because sometimes when they, uh, when they talk to celebrities, especially people who have come from, you know, have come from modest backgrounds and they've been celebrities or they've been really wealthy for 20, 30 years, the way they talk about things, they sound terrible. It's like, not because they forgot. You oh, know? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, well, like right now during the coronavirus, at the beginning, a lot of celebrities got in trouble. People like David Geffen were like, you know, stay safe, everybody. We're staying safe, too. And he's on a yacht with 47 staff. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, like, are you watching these um, different celebrities recording things from home? No, I don't watch them anyway, and I can't see them embarrassing themselves now. Some of them, (laughs) like, some of them are doing it right by, like, recording in a spare bedroom with an unmade bed or something. Like, hey, we're just like you. You It's a modest bookshelf behind them. Yeah, and then some of them are not, and they're showing, like, the, the big home that they live in, and it's like, it, I, I mean, I try not i mean i have i'm human so sometimes i get very i get envious of what other people have sure you know just like also, anybody. a lot of it doesn't make sense because you're like what the hell is that even yeah but like when people are showing off their homes at a time where or allowing themselves like to be passively viewed in these beautiful beautiful homes while people have lost their jobs Everything. and mm-hmm. you know are caring for people are dying um it, it, I don't know. It goes to that thing. They don't, I mean, this is one of my, you know, when people talk about the wealthy, I'm like, don't forget those people, like your favorite basketball player doesn't understand this anymore either. Yeah. Maybe he was in the hood from ages zero to 15, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but now he's been living in, you know, in the lap of luxury for the past 10 years. And I think it's very easy for people to forget. I've never had that much money. So I don't know. But do you know what I mean? Like, I can't say that, say, say we all of a sudden, you know, hey, you know, it wins a lottery, like yeah. the big one. Yeah. The mega millions. Of course, we split it. Right. Uh, and then we disappear. Right. Well, that's my plan. But like wherever we wherever we get to within a couple of years, we're going to forget about this. We're going to be like, oh, yeah, we have we actually just built a studio. Yeah. We're going to forget that we had several studios before that we recorded from our homes. It'll all be, you know, people will be setting things up for us. We won't, we'll, we won't remember. Yeah. It won't um, be like this is the way we live now. And it, this is how we live. Right? And don't we deserve all of this? Right. Yeah. I um, know. I, it's funny. Cause I've, I've seen different women that I grew up with who were not wealthy at all, who married men who were wealthy mm-hmm. and how they, acted afterwards and it's like yeah, mm. immediately probably though yeah at the moment people they move into a mcmansion right right and they're suddenly like they're they're affluent somehow mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? it's like but i've know. also i've also had some wealthy friends who well they were they were really poor growing up and then they had some money for a little while and then they lost you know it's like the feast or famine kind of people I always find those people to be the best kind of wealthy people because they're like, hey, I could lose all this tomorrow. Yeah. This is like Jason Satan, who, you know, started his career selling knockoff perfume out of the back of a truck. And then they interviewed him years later. He's like, look, I know I can go back to obscurity in a second. (laughs) It really can. Like, you never know where life is going to throw you. You have no idea which way it's going to go or what the circumstances are. And um, I feel like 
you know, it's been very humbling for a lot of people to be in the situation they are in now with, with the virus and everything. So, but also to realize that, you know, I don't know about in other places, but in the U S a lot of people are, are, who are extremely wealthy. The moment they didn't get that next paycheck, it was over for them, which is always shocking for me. Right. That they're living paycheck to paycheck like everybody else. Yep. Within within that paycheck, whatever those numbers are, they're living. paycheck, yeah. And so are businesses. Some of these mm-hmm. businesses all of a sudden they had to furlough everybody. Are you kidding? But, they, but it's just shocking to me because I, I thought that, OK, I know how much money I have saved up and I consider myself not to be that that great of a saver. Mm-hmm. But compared to some businesses. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I'd. You know, I guess I was able to put something away. Yeah, you know, because like Susie Orman talks about like, oh, have six to eight to 12 months of emergency money saved up. And people are like, how do you even do that when you're living paycheck to paycheck? And she's trying to train people to think differently. But it's like you feel like you feel ashamed if you don't have that much money saved up. Mm -hmm. And then you realize and you think, oh, God, everybody else who has money is is doing this. And they're not. They're not. They're not. Businesses are not even doing this. The people are defaulting on jumbo mortgages Mm -hmm. as well as on regular sized mortgages, you know? So it's the mindset Um, that you're like spending to. Yeah. That's not a millionaire. That's not a millionaire mindset though. Yeah. But then again, you look at the prices of things and then, you know, I remember before, um, cell phones, you know, it was just, you paid for the phone in your house. And that wasn't cheap all the time. And your electricity and gas. And that was it because you didn't have mm-hmm. cable. And then cable came around. That was like $40 a month. Oh, I didn't have cable until, geez, like way, way, way after everybody else. I think my first time getting cable was like in 2002. I know, but that, like those, <laughs> but I know, but those were the expenses. And then, but yeah. now your expenses are not only your utility and gas, Mm-hmm. Uh, like you I'm have sorry. to have internet. You have to have internet. You have to have a cell phone. You have yeah. you know whatever else. So your life expenses have have climbed by you know several hundred dollars a month, and they're um, monthly expenses. Yeah. these are not. You can never stop with the you know with any of these. You're never going to own them outright or have a a, a buildup of them like a store of them. Right. Right. It's a monthly thing. So the thing is, like, rent used to be lower. Mortgages used to be lower. The rates were reasonable, you know, years ago. Yeah. Um, and you didn't have all these other things that you have to Well, also, you, you couldn't get your money quickly. I remember, and I'm, you, you may as well, like, with some adults going. I remember going to the bank every other Wednesday with my mom. And, you know, she, that's when they got paid because she worked for the government. And then mm-hmm. the money was taken out how much money she thought she would need. We weren't going to the bank every day. Right. There was no ATM. Yeah. No ATM. It just didn't happen. I remember that. that. I remember, yeah, going through, you get it and you have your budget and that's it. And Mm -hmm. if you, and that's it, if you ran out of money, you ran out of money that, you know, if you were out for the weekend, you had to be like, okay, I'm only ordering X Mm -hmm. at the restaurant because I'm not, you had to be, you had to be organized. Um, But also I don't think there was an expectation that, like a, these kind of last minute expenses obviously didn't come up as much, right? Because there was no there was no way to quickly to you know to get your money fast enough to do anything about it. Yeah, I guess you know spending your money like as an adult sometimes if you grow if you grew up and um, you didn't have a lot of money, like certain things mean wealth to you. Like for me, yes. going going out to dinner means wealth to me. Which For is, me as well. That wasn't something um, I, I didn't grow up in a culture of people going out all the time. Yeah. I like, we go out, like I said, when I was a kid, every two weeks, like around payday. If, if we went somewhere, we would go out, you know. But generally, um, I thought, wow, when I'm older, if when I have money, I'm going to go out all the time. Yeah. Right? That's That's what people who are wealthy do. Yeah. They don't cook food at home. Right. Right. So, yeah, it's like these different ideas of what wealth means and why you're spending certain things. You're like, I'm living this good life that I'm living. I'm traveling, I'm going out yeah. to eat. And that, to me, that's like the, the, young, the young girl inside of me says that's wealthy. You know, so it's like you have to ask yourself these questions. What is wealth to you and why are you spending what you're spending? Well, there's a, I found there are a lot of articles. And here's one, actually, that how to live a rich life. Without a lot of money. So you can feel like a millionaire or a billionaire or a thousandaire. 
Um, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You think about the things that have value to you. Mm -hmm. Um, what are, you know, inner wealth and external wealth. So the list of things that this woman came up with were kind of interesting. Authenticity. Right. That's something you can be authentic to yourself. Okay. You can be rich with that. Yes. Um, acceptance, right. You can learn to, to accept things you can't control, you know, to replace struggle with acceptance. Not saying that, you know, you should let everything go, but you have to be realistic. Yeah. Right. Um, bit curiosity that doesn't cost anything. Um, you know, it can kill a cat, but let's, you know, we're thinking about <laughs> it from a millionaire's point of view, from yeah. a wealth point of view, creativity. And these are things that are free forgiveness. I don't do that one, but it's on here. So I'll say it. <laughs> Apparently that makes people feel good. I am I'm the biggest I'm anti-forgiveness person ever. I'm the worst. Um, I say, you know, try not to fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and if someone forgives you, you know what? That's a gift. Yeah, right? yeah, right, right. Yeah. Like thank that person because you know they here it's like letting go of anger. You can let go of anger and still not forgive somebody. It's true. <laughs> you don't have to give them the satisfaction, or you can. I think it's a gift. Like I said, uh, patience, being gentle, gratitude, generosity, kindness. So all of these things that you can feel, you know, can give you a rich feeling without you having to spend. Um, any money on it whatsoever. Yes. Feeling content. So they, they ask you like, you know, if you sit down and really think about what are the things that you need to feel rich, to feel like a millionaire, um, besides money. And, but also I think it's good to think about, and I think about this sometimes too, like how much money would you, if someone said, I'll give you X amount of money, um, how much would it be for you? Like to feel like rich, what would make you like, what's the amount of money that would make you feel wealthy? Well, I would say like not having to work for a living, like doing something else, but not having to work for a living and be taken care of into retirement to be able to travel and go out to dinner, you know, those kinds of things. But how the, I guess the question is how much does that, like, I think about that stuff sometimes too, and I don't know what the cost of it is. I don't know either. <laughs> it may be less. It may be less than we think. Because you, I mean, the things that you listed, they weren't crazy. No. If you had said like, "I need a super yacht," right? I need to be surrounded by male models. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine? That sounds like actually a nightmare. Oh God! I would not come on. I'm not coming on your yacht if that's what's happening. <laughs> My yacht right? with, with male, male models. models? Yeah. Oh God! That sounds like a nightmare. Um, you know, so you're saying you want to travel, but you're not saying, you know, I want to stay in, I want to rent a villa in, you know, the center of London. No, I want, I mean, okay. When I say travel, I like having the amenities. I had like the view. I like the service, all that kind of stuff. I, but I how much does it cost? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. I don't know either. I think, you know, some people, when I, I have some friends, acquaintances, when I've asked them like, ah, you know, what would you do if you had millions of dollars? And they, they say the craziest stuff. Me, my, someone asked me, what would you do if you had millions of dollars? I was like, I'd probably go back to school. I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Is that thinking like a millionaire? I'd go back to school. I'd like, I'm like, I'd go, I'd go to a PhD, do a PhD program. Mm -hmm. And I would approach them and say, I'm going to pay for my PhD. And you know what? I'm going to pay for everyone else's PhD too, if you let me in. Yeah, because that's what you that? value. You value education. Yes. You have an intellectual curiosity. And, and I know I can't get into MIT. Yeah, and I know yeah. I can't get into MIT without that without that money. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, who knows? These are the things it's, that you want to do because they're valuable to you, you know. Yeah. So, me so traveling and being able to just buy things on a whim. And I'm not talking about like a golden yacht. <laughs> I'm talking about like... <laughs> Oh, I saw these candles that were like, you know, super pricey, you know, but they were well, amazing. Fifty dollars, yeah, were they something like that. Yeah, see, we're still thinking like thousand dares. Yeah. I think millionaires would be like a fifty dollar candle, girl. That's what I put on a birthday cake. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I blow it out. I throw it away. Yeah, yeah I, don't know, I guess. And in terms of because of the way the economy is now too, with fractional ownership and rental, my desire to have a lot of the things that I wanted to when I was younger and I was more into money 
has dissipated because you know yeah. we could rent a yacht for a day yeah you could we could rent a villa for a week like we could yes. rent a jet for a few hours we don't we you know so the amount of money that we would need to have this kind of lifestyle that you know we're talking about the travel and things like that like how much per night do you want to spend on a hotel in your in your mind yeah, exactly. Like how much, and like once, say if you a spent a thousand a night, you know, would you okay. be going, God, you know, I'm getting there. Like what else am I getting in this room for a thousand dollars? You know, you're thinking like that still. That's, I guess that's why when they say when rich people steal, I imagine, and I've actually had people who tell, who have worked in hotels tell me that's it. They're paying, you know, they're staying at the, I don't know. What's like a super expensive hotel. I don't even know. All right, the expensive hotel, we'll call it. They're staying at expensivehotel.com. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're paying $2,000 a night, and they will they want to take the sheets. Yeah. And they want to take the, you know, the, the phone that's there, or they want to take a picture off the wall, which people do. You know, it's, it's the thing where it's like, okay, they're spending the money, so they can, they can also say they spent the money. They stayed at this hotel for, you know. Uh, two thousand a night or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, but they, you know, they want something. Yeah, they they secretly inside, even though they already have the envy of other people. Like you can afford that; that's amazing. Um, they still secretly know it wasn't worth it, and that mm-hmm. they're getting ripped off. So, I think it would be hard for me if I were a multimillionaire not to give people money. Yeah, because I think I I get it. I I think I would get a kick out of that. Yeah. I think it would be really fun to like sneak up to some person and be like, I'm paying your student loans. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're like, you don't even know me. It's like, don't worry about it. I don't want to know you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, like, or like paying someone's bill. Like, I think it would be really fun to, if you were really rich, say you're out at a bar and you see a lot of young women in their twenties or thirties, you know, having a really good time and they're, they're eating and drinking a lot of food, but you know, it's kind of like at the top of their, just to pay the bill. Yeah. That's to me, that's fun. Yeah. That kind of thing is fun. Yeah. If we um, were, the, but we're thousandaires. So we can't. Yeah. We're thousandaires. We're, we've already given away money. We don't even have real rich people would be like, screw those pores. Yeah. No, that's how you I, Why are you even in the same? Why are you in the same restaurant with them? Those pores. <laughs> with their kava. You know? <laughs> so yeah, thinking thinking like a millionaire, thinking like a billionaire, li- living a rich life. Uh, it can be done apparently without money. But I think the most important thing that I found in my research is that once you make over two hundred thousand dollars, apparently that's as happy as you get. Really. Wow. Yeah. So uh, up to two, you're, you can increase your happiness up to 200,000, but above that, you don't get really any happier. Okay. I'm not yeah. sure about that, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say. So making, so making $250,000 a year does not increase your happiness over the 200,000. Okay. Apparently at 200,000 in the U S you, you can, you can get everything you need. Yeah, I guess so. If you're like used to it, like, you know, again, it's like kind of how high can, does a flea jump, you know, and you know, the story. How long is a piece of string? Yeah. (laughs) What's the story about the flea? I'm sorry. The flea flea is the thing like the flea can jump like really, really high. Right. And if you put a glass over a flea, it will try to jump (laughs) as high as it was before, but then it'll learn not to jump so high. So it doesn't hit its head on the, on the glass. Okay. Um, so it learns that and then you take away the glass and the flea will only jump as high as it, as high as the glass was. It doesn't really but realize it, that, that it's limitless again. Is it happy though? <clears throat> no, it just learned, it just learned this behavior. So but I mean, the thing I, is, that's I, what I mean about us. Like we have learned ah, to behavior. Okay. We have learned to only like what we want is only is the threshold is 200,000 a year. What else can you want? Cause you're a flea that was, <laughs> by past circumstance you've been hitting your head against the the glass you know all this time and you realize that there's so much more out there um that you can have <laughs> this glass <laughs> i guess i was just thinking that the flea is like yeah this is fine yeah you know <laughs> like okay the glass is gone but 
Was no. I really happy or was I really happy hitting the top? No, no, it means like it, the flea has more, tremendous jumping power and sure. it adjusted because it's like, oh, I, I can't because of circumstances. So you think the glass is $200,000. Yeah. I have to say, I'd be happy with that glass. Right I, now, I'm, I'm like with a shot glass. That sounds like a nice, a, a nice, uh, yes. something you put a Tom Collins in. Yeah, exactly. It does sound nice, right? Because it's a pint glass. Yeah, because we're fleas, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Jumping inside of a shot glass. Yeah. Oh, no. I was trying to end on a positive note, but now I feel like a, a filthy insect with, with low expectations <laughs> no. and just incredible legs. Yes. Well, let's, let's focus on that. Um, hey, here's quick six things, and I'll just rattle them off. To instill, no, take your time. To instill a positive mindset. Forgive, your, forgive yourself for financial mistakes. Understand mm-hmm. your money mindset. Stop comparing yourself to others. Create ma- and maintain good habits. Uh-huh. Optimize your budget for happy, happy, happiness, and then practice gratitude for what you have. That's all. Yeah, they'd be happy with what you had because you might not get shit. Yeah. You know, just they'd be happy. Yes. All be right, happy. cool. All right. Yay. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks. Thanks.